Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Well, howdy and welcome to Just Dads. Reading some books. We're reading books. Here we are reading the books. Uh, hi, I'm Matt Martins, and I'm joined with my my book friend, EJ book Sanders. Friend. What's up? It's me, EJ, the book friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah, um, for us, for the me. for people listening to this, I don't even know. I mean, we we're trying to get this thing settled on on our end of things, but at this point, you're just this is just a show. Maybe you listen to at this point, but for us, maybe. we've literally had like three weeks off from recording yeah. anything i went to london i've done all sorts of things and oh. we read this on the chunkier side of a book and also arguably i really don't know if this is a children's book at all um yeah yeah i mean and that's something we'll talk about today uh we're definitely we're supposed to be so uh, this show if you don't know is about yeah. uh, just a couple dads reading books that yeah. are you know uh, mostly for children uh, you know but we've we've kind of towed that line a little bit already <laughs> <laughs> a few times but um we're trying to read children's books and really just try to figure out you know what we would think of our children if they right. read these books so exactly. um it's really just like a judgment on our own children exactly <laughs> is is my kid cool if they read is this my book kid cool. and the answer right. today is absolutely yes uh Ow. we read oh yeah <laughs> guards guards <laughs> By Terry Pratchett, which here's let me do some table setting for like why we chose mm-hmm. this book or whatever, because I think a lot of people don't know about um, specifically how the Discworld universe is set up. Discworld is a universe that Terry Pratchett invented and writes many, many, many books in. But and and this is stuff I've just researched because I've wanted to get into Terry Pratchett, but never been able to. I've read the very first book he ever wrote, The Color of Magic. And I listened to it a long time ago, and really it kind of just phased through me. I, I wasn't paying close enough attention to it. Um, but also it was just like thematically something I didn't at the time, I wasn't very interested in. But I the way Discworld works is there's really actually like a few series within right. Discworld that follow kind of specific characters. So The Color of Magic is the first book following the wizard's of Discworld, um, and you and you follow right. a character. I think his name is Rincewind, um, something like that. But you, but but that that is a series of books, and you can just read all of the Wizard books. Guards, Guards is, I believe, the second series that really kind of gets started. Not that they're like mm-hmm. specifically labeled as series, but the idea just being you follow sort of the same characters within a set number of books or whatever. And Guards, Guards is the first one following the City Watch uh, of this mm-hmm. city called Ankh-Morpork. And there, there's there's a couple others. There's one where you follow death. That's the main one I've really, really wanted to read, where there's just like right. death and we'll walks around and deals with like all of the that annoying things fun. that death has to deal with. I yeah. own a book called Going Postal that has to do with a guy who has to set up the postal service for this world. And, and he's like an ex-con man that just has to like <laughs> do the postal, just has to do really boring bureaucratic stuff. Uh, so Discworld is a fantasy universe that is similar to Douglas Adams writing style where it's like things are really goofy and really ridiculous but always tie back to some sort of real world allegory in in a really like 
actually nuanced and you know he he, he blindsides you with humor uh, to then actually oh, yeah. teach you like a really cool little lesson or just make a really good point so guards guards being about the city watch is a lot about how do we uh <laughs> deal with crime how do we organize a police force how do we handle uh the the changing of hierarchies this book is a mm -hmm. lot about what do we do when we need to put like a new king in place or whatever how do we do like the changing of uh a, an established monarchy or whatever so it's a, it's a lot of those sorts of topics that get covered in it so all that to say it's uh, it's not a kid's book it's a book that i think i've heard a lot of people read as a kid because right. similar to douglas adams douglas adams was a book that is appropriate enough for kids where my dad was like you should read this and i was like i freaking love this this is incredible right i think terry pratchett falls in that same category where like hey listen there's swear words and stuff in this and sometimes there's concepts that your kids might just like not get at all but there's also a lot of really silly stuff that they would get down with um depending on their maturity level yeah i think most of this book is kind of interesting in the way that it approaches those themes in like this medieval um way like it, it deals with taxes it yeah. deals with uh, with all of these themes that you're talking about um you know how, how do we deal with a, a changing of the guard and all of that stuff so right. uh but this is the first of the city watch is what it is first city watch story uh in the disc world and it's and like you said disc world the series is is an anthology um so uh, in a way right it's right. all of these different stories set in the same universe but right. yeah i think that I don't think that this book wasn't for children, but like you said, right, I think it's right. mostly, it is just a book that exists that can be read by anybody. And it's not for it, children, but it's not not right. for children. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's the best way that I can describe what this book is. Right. And also, uh, of the books we've read, I think maybe the funniest book we've read. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's up there. Timmy Failure is pretty funny, but. Right. Timmy Failure is more specifically like just trying to be funny and i mean they're both doing a, the similar thing right of disarming you but timmy failure hits some really like whoa that was a dark little moment there and i wouldn't say guards guards <laughs> yeah. get darks but dark, guards guards gets real uh in, right. in a number of ways so let's talk about what it's like properly about there's there's a number of characters in this but mostly i would say the main two or three characters you're following are the captain of the City Watch. And in this mm -hmm. universe, the City Watch is kind of pathetic. Uh, it's even questionable what laws they're even meant to be enforcing because in Ankh right. Morpork, there is a thieves guild that is approved to do crime, basically. Yeah, and they, they, have they, just, a, they have a quota of crime that yeah. they have to meet every year and it gets written <laughs> off at the beginning of every fiscal year so that they know how yeah. much crime they can expect. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the bits in the book. It's everything, great. everything in Discworld is, it's fantasy but like you know how the primary complaint with something like your games of thrones out there is like this is fantasy but we tried to make it realistic right we tried to treat women bad and do that stuff Gar discworld is the opposite of that where it's like nope, it's yep. fantasy but all of the characters talk like they're from the 90s like they are aware of the growth of civilization they just <laughs> yeah. happen to still be in a medieval setting but they like know a lot about taxes and bureaucratic things and and all of that right. like it's it's a very modernized look at these fantasy elements so captain vimes is the captain of this just defunct kind of useless city watch um there's a couple other members of the city watch that are great hilarious characters but then also one of the main characters you follow is a funny little dude named carrot 
and Carrot is a he's a dwarf that comes to join the City Watch, and Carrot is obsessed with the law. Uh, Car- Carrot is like your platonic ideal of a studious, well-researched uh, police officer. They know all of the laws. They follow all of the laws, and they ensure everyone follows all of the laws. Carrot is basically Simon Pegg's character in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like knows every law down to the number, right? right? Down to the number of the law. Can quote it at you can quote in the middle of the you. day, Car- right? I mean, Carrot had to learn all of that in the beginning of the book, but Carrot picks up quick. Right. Carrot's a very fast learner. And upon joining the City Watch, the first thing Carrot does is arrest the head of the Thieves Guild, which is like, (laughs) no, 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 no. Our whole sort of society is based on like this stuff being allowed. And Carrot is just like, but the laws say that this is illegal, so I must arrest. I mean, it's a very like robotic sort of hilarious character. Mm -hmm. Um, The other main ones that I would say in this book are the uh there you follow along with these this group the secret society that is trying Mm -hmm. to summon a dragon um and their their plot and the real the the proper the the elucidated brethren thank you (laughs) the elucidated brethren of it's a very long title actually uh (laughs) but the 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 actual story of this is that those characters these these secret people in hoods and everything are summoning a dragon so that they can then take this person that they want to be king of the city Mm -hmm. or of the of the Mm -hmm. state (laughs) they want to have this person kill the dragon which they'll have rigged they just give him a sword that in a single swipe will kill the dragon and then everyone will praise their person and then that can be the king uh, that's it. The, the, that, that's the that's the entire crux of things. Things very quickly go very wrong and very ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't mind spoiling little bits and pieces. The uh, the dragon that they summon ends up being something they can't quite control, and the real plot kicks in when the dragon just becomes king, <laughs> just is yeah. actually becomes the supreme ruler of this area, and the people are like kind of okay with it and there's a whole Mm -hmm. section where they're debating sort of with the dragon (laughs) about the idea of whether or not listen we don't mind that you want to hoard all the gold we just would like to negotiate with you on the eating of all the people if we can slow that down we're happy to just completely pay you homage for the rest of forever yeah this book uh this book very specifically deals with this dragon in a very funny way um overall i think that the dragon is the best character in the book and uh i i don't know it's it's funny because they actually introduce other dragons beforehand it's so interesting the way that terry pratchett thinks of his own world because he he doesn't like you know, you have all of these predispositions. He knows you have the predispositions yes. about fantasy writing, right. and then he subverts them, right? right? So one of the things he does is the first dragons you actually meet are actually kind of awful. They're these little, like, <laughs> gremlins. Yeah. They're not, like, actual dragons. Just it's gross this, little dogs that are they're annoying. They're like little couch yeah. pillows that just, like, don't <laughs> do any... They're couch potatoes that yeah. don't do anything at all. So <laughs> it's like, you, like, the first, like, uh, who is it? Vimes goes and meets somebody who's like a dragon breeder or whatever uh-huh. and like that that whole plot line is just him trying to like reconcile with the fact that he knows there's a big dragon but like has to like figure this person yeah. out who is like trying to tell him that there's no such thing as dragons outside of like these like little <laughs> these little, little ones these are the only dragons ones. these yeah. dumb stupid little things are the only <laughs> dragons are like dogs, it's like okay yeah. you say that but there's like a big one 
attacking the city, and I think we right. need to deal with that. And then the big one becomes king, which naturally, <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, shenanigans ensue. It's a, uh, I don't know, it's just a, it's a really interesting way of approaching fantasy writing, and I yeah. think it's a good way. I think this is a good book to read after maybe your child has read some fantasy writing because yeah. I think they would get a lot more of the bits right. because it's a lot about that kind of, oh, you know, like it's this isn't going the way you thought it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if they've already gotten really into a lot of fantasy, that, like you said, every single thing is a little subversion of what you're used to, not just in a fantasy setting, but also like in so many other ways. I mean, as a cop story, this is a subversion of a lot <laughs> yes. of standard sort of formulas. So I think the whole thing just sticks to this level of we're not taking any of this too seriously. All sorts of ridiculous things can happen. But then through that ridiculousness, you get to find kind of brilliant little um moments especially towards the end as it's really wrapping up it really is trying to hone in on a lot of the the lessons that uh terry pratchett is interested in kind of conveying to you yeah uh i i think at the very end you kind of get it um you know just some spoilers going forward here uh essentially they they arrest this guy wants who's a character we haven't really mentioned much of but is essentially the is essentially the antagonist in some way um, but, uh, carrot ends, <laughs> carrot ends up throwing the book at him and <laughs> quite uh, literally, <laughs> quite literally. And he falls to his demise. Uh, there's, I, I will say there's one line I got to talk about in this whole book. Mm-hmm. It happened at the end cause it caught me off guard t- talking about subversions, but, uh, a bit like they're talking about something, uh, and Vimes, uh, is like trying to like send carrot off in like some way. And he looks at him and he says, uh, I don't know. Uh, here's looking at you kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like, there's just stuff like that, the whole book. And it's so funny cause it's all deadpan. Like, yeah. it's like the, in- they are serious. The right. characters are serious. The concepts are ridiculous. Right. And so that's, that's how, you know, that's how deadpan kind of works. But it's just a ridiculous concept de- delivered so very earnestly. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, um, what's, yeah. what's fun about it too is sort of the, so the, the story it's telling of these guards, because really what, what you end up getting out of this is sort of the, the rise of power, the, the city watch reclaiming its glory. They, in the end, they save the day and all they ask for in return is like, like a meager salary increase and a new kettle, like their kettle breaks in the middle of all these things. And it's, it, what I found myself doing a lot while listening to this is, I mean, this book was written in 1989 Mm -hmm. and I I think people know of Terry Pratchett as a pretty progressive guy throughout all of his writing. And and there's a lot of stories he tells in here that are, are very much trying to talk about, you know, the people with the power are the ones you have to look out for and, and, and ideas like that. Which is why it's, I, I think, interesting because obviously we have like a modern idea of of how progressives write about cops, basically. And this book, I think, is earnestly trying to say, listen, there is a function for police in a society. And, you know, that that idea that we're taught in school of like, You should be able to go up to a police officer as a kid and ask them for help. Like, we all want that to be true. And in this world, Pratchett, like, kind of successfully paints a picture of what that 
can and should actually look like. You know, these are actually people trying to do good, and the system is designed to not just give them too much power. I, I, I think the choice to make sure the cops are all just sort of bumbling, nihilistic idiots is well, specifically also... made because they're not power hungry fiends which i think is the modern would be if 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 we wrote a fantasy setting ridiculous cops the cops would all be these like crazy thirst for power sociopaths or something right that that would be the like over the top ridiculous take on this but i think pratchett because what what you get in the end of this book is is a lot of talk about like why do these laws exist and what what is the meaning of enforcing them like who are we trying to protect there's a whole thing at the end of like they put a new king in power it's really similar to our last book shadows of kiyoshi where it's like kiyoshi puts someone in power and i don't know if that's gonna go well <laughs> in the future and you kind of feel the same thing here of like the cops are here to enforce laws but on behalf of who and what what is all of this for and and so i think getting mostly a handful of you know police characters that are trying to do the right thing is i, I find it helpful basically well also um there's there's kind of a good point that's brought that's not really brought up but it's it's made here is that these people didn't choose this job, right? right? It goes back to the old kind of adage of like, you know, people who are most suited to do certain jobs mm -hmm. aren't always the people that end up with those jobs, right? right? right. Uh, and so like, you know, because one of the big plot points early in the book is Carrot comes and volunteers. Right. And he's the first volunteer yeah, yeah. ever <laughs> of the Night Watch. Like, he's the first He's the first volunteer ever. And they're just like, you're volunteering to do this job? Right. Like they, don't, they don't get it because they've all been appointed to do this job. And it's kind of like the same with, uh, you know, this is an easy one, but it's like the President of the United States. We'll never have the perfect president. Right. We'll never have the perfect senator. It's like, right. you know, any of these people because politicians are are just there to get your vote they're not they're not yeah. good people the, pe the people who want the people power, who are the best people won't actually right. run for anything the people right? who like, want power are the ones least equipped to handle the power right. they so desperately crave basically. right versus, which is why versus, this whole book revolves around a series of everyone's just trying to ins you know put in their plant for who's going to become the new leader where right. before the city was kind of just like maybe it was okay without a king basically i mean it was a little weird yeah. and the thieves guild thing is like a pretty messed up you know deal but <laughs> it, it you know yeah. are they better off than all of this positioning for power that then takes over the city and, and makes everyone have to go run in terror i think it's a very specific point that can be made in our society is just yeah. like we need to do better about kind of understanding that these people sometimes aren't the best for this right. and you need to know how to approach them. Right. Right. <laughs> and we need to make them more approachable, but at the same time you need to kind of navigate that. I don't right. know. It's, yeah. it's, it's an interesting commentary. Uh, so in for me though, I'll, I'll say similar to the color of magic. What I hate about what keeps happening to me with Terry Pratchett is this book also kind of felt like it just phased right through me. I'm really glad that you liked it a lot, EJ, because I think it means we'll it. get to do uh, a lot more Pratchett in the future. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll kind of space it out. But I'm, I'm excited to keep trying to read Pratchett because I love Douglas Adams. I love humor in this kind of storytelling. But what I keep finding is listening to the audiobooks of these, 
my brain like really easily shuts off and I actually just like miss major swaths of the story. Um, there, like there's a couple characters where like the, the other p- officers, Sergeant Colin and Corporal Nobby knobs, uh, they, I don't have a good sense of who they are because my brain just sort of checked out very often. Every time they talked. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. And it's just like, I, I, I feel bad about it because you know so often when i'm listening to especially like a longer book sometimes i'm just like i'm just gonna let it keep going because there's like six hours of this book i gotta get through or 10 hours of this book i gotta get through or whatever i'm just gonna let it i'm just gonna let it barrel through because i can't just sit here and like rewind every 30 seconds because my brain checked out or something the problem the problem with this one though was that there were no chapters either. yeah yeah it jumps between nar- not narrators but like you you follow third person um omniscient to between all these different characters um mm-hmm. but in an audio book format, there is no signposting that that is happening beyond no. just like they start talking about a different character. Like, oh, I guess we're somewhere else now. And yeah, you're, you're constantly being ripped from area to area, which is why I, I'm a proponent of audiobooks. But I recognize that there are there are good stories for audiobooks and there are like less good stories for audiobooks. I don't think you can read every single book as an audiobook, or at least I know I can't. So and and my honestly my experience with Douglas Adams I've read all of the Douglas Adams books but I've gone back and also listened to all of them and outside of like when Douglas Adams reads his own stories it's like incredible he's so, he's so good at doing his own characterizations outside of that factor I also find Douglas Adams books harder to listen to because I think the thing that's happening with Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett both is they are so clever with words that you need to read each sentence. If a narrator is just barreling through sentences and telling the story, you miss all of the tiny little things. The whole time I'm reading a Douglas Adams book to myself, I'm stopping once a page and laughing and looking at my <laughs> wife and being like, you got to hear this ridiculous moment. You have to, I have to, I have to get this also into your brain. I need to share this hilarious thing. And it's just constant. And, and because it's so constant, I don't think I can keep up with that in an audiobook format. So I think the lesson I've learned is next time we do a Pratchett book, I have to physically read it. Have I have to read to. it. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think I, I've noticed that as well. Whenever I experience writings by more creative people is that you reading those in your own voices in your own head mm-hmm. can help a lot because yeah. it's because it's your interpretations of those characters that right. instead of kind of being railroaded into these like different interpretations but yeah like you were saying they have such a good vocabulary in a, in a good way of twisting words and stuff that right. um it, in an audiobook they just barrel right through that sometimes um they they don't give you the time to to laugh right <laughs> I, to laugh and i think maybe you need the thing about a book that makes it such a specific medium is that idea that you could quickly like read and reread a sentence like a few times or whatever just because like i don't know like because you enjoyed it and you don't do that with with an audiobook i mean like i can hit the like backwards five seconds button but that that's a pain i'm not gonna pull my phone out and do that usually i'm listening while in the shower or driving so if that that's not a realistic thing but when you're sitting down reading i think that's the thing i have to get why i want to do more you know capital r reading I think audiobooks are, you know, it is a form of reading. It's just an accessibility sort of option, basically. But beyond that, I do think there are elements to certain books 
that are improved for me by actually sitting down and reading because I need that opportunity to be like, wait, what did he just say? Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that that took me a second. I needed to reread that <laughs> sentence to get that they're doing a whole play on. There's like there's layers to this joke and I needed to stew in it for a minute. Also, you and me, I think, both have undiagnosed ADHD, so <laughs> it's kind of impossible for both of us to actually to read. just focus, yeah. Because we can't focus. Right. Like, uh, so um, the part of what helps me is is being able to listen while I'm doing something that is actually occupying my right. mind. Right, right. Do the dishes so, while you're listening to a book. That's the best right. time I get in for listening to books because like, right, my brain like, is not thinking about doing these dishes. It's not requiring <laughs> no. any mental effort to do these dishes, but it is keeping my body busy while well, my brain focus, thinks about the book <laughs> right your focus is on the dishes but your brain is on the is on the book yeah. so that's what's that's what's uh yeah that's a weird thing about about that sort of mindset but yeah i know we both have it and I, I just we probably should <laughs> go get medicated for it because it's definitely going to hinder our ability to do this podcast <laughs> in the future <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just dads reading books, and they're not even very good at that. So <laughs> it's just dads listening to books. It's sort of we're kind of in and out a lot. We're in and out a lot. Um, just dads who listened to about five eighths of a book, and it's an intermittent collection of that book. It's not even the beginning. It's like parts of the beginning, a little bit of the middle, and most of the end. <laughs> you'll you'll know which parts we listen to, and you'll know when Matt was in the shower doing the dishes. <laughs> Yeah, I really was invested in this one scene and only that one scene the entire time. Uh, yeah, well, you'll be able to you'll be able to like reverse you, you you could actually with this podcast be able to reverse engineer like our daily schedule, I think eventually. So uh well uh guards guards is definitely one I, I highly recommend. Uh you know, it's it's on the longer side, so it's probably something if you're like reading with your kids, you know, it's it's gonna be the longer project of something that you read. Um, but I think Discworld is something worth getting into, especially just because, boy, howdy, there's a lot of it. There's, I think there's something like 39 or maybe even more. There's a ton of Discworld books and there's a lot of storylines to go down. Everything I've ever been told is if one of them doesn't click with you, try another one. Try one of the other titular characters. You can go online and you can find like timelines. Uh, th there's hilarious graphics of like flow charts of how to read Discworld if you really want to get into it. Um, but really is guards guards on that flow. Like guards where? guards is the is the beginning of all City Watch stuff, right? There's in the beginning yeah. there were like four major storylines and guards guards is one of them now there's like six or seven um i mean i say now the the, the there is no more disc world uh terry pratchett rest in peace but uh right. the 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 series as a whole there's just so much to it to get into so if if even if guards guards doesn't tickle your fancy i bet that there's a series in there that probably will unless you literally just hate fantasy in which case go read douglas yeah. adams <laughs> Yeah, or if like you just hate reading, then why are you here? You know, like yeah, I don't know why I, I know. even made that caveat. The people <laughs> listening to this show are gonna be cool with it; they're right. gonna be into it. Yeah, there's there's yeah, no hopefully. way you're you're turning your ear off to Terry Pratchett. I don't think. And this is one my daughter, if she's reading Terry Pratchett, uh, you know, I think uh, it would be interesting to find some fantasy outlet outlets for her because yeah. uh, you know I think that this is a cool intro to that slash. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still don't believe that this is how I would introduce my kids to, to my to kid fantasy to in fantasy general. Not, yeah. Right. Just because no. I would want them to like get a baseline right. and then like come to this and be like, 
see how funny this is right like, right go read the hobbit and then read a couple right. other weird specific fantasy things and then come back to this and then you'll get a proper awareness of how hilarious this whole setting i think is. aragon maybe like yeah aragon, yeah heck yeah something like I mean, that's that very long like, and it, but it's very serious too you know what we should do as part of this project is try to figure out what are the like beginner fantasy not like okay okay our goal is to get mm -hmm. our daughters into Terry Pratchett. We both have decided Terry Pratchett <laughs> is cool, and it would be cool if our right. kids read those books. But I want to make sure they get really into them, so let's find some super right. basic, like, six-year-old level reading, and an eight-year-old level. It's like, w the goal is by 10 years old, they're going to read Guards, Guards, and get super into it. So right. we have to build, the, the new project of the show is to build that, like, trajectory, make make mm -hmm. a plot line of, of fantasy novels to then into that. be subverted by Guards, Guards. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's the, yeah, that's our, that's like... That's like one of our sub objectives of the show. Like it's going to be a through line. You'll know which episodes they'll be marked with a. They'll be marked with a little star. <laughs> Easter eggs aplenty of the of Project Pratchett. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool, EJ. Thank you so much for for this yeah. one. I think we got to do a shorter. We might do a couple shorter books here in the next couple of weeks because I think we've done a lot of big bold stories back to back uh you know shadows of kiyoshi and this one back to back were, were pretty big so i think we have to find some shorter books and, and get those planted in before we move on to our next you know proper young adult novel or something well i've i've put a couple of books on the list i see you have as well um <laughs> We I'm got options. Certain. We definitely have options. I don't think we've figured out what's going to be next. So, <laughs> so the the listener of this show might know more than we do in this moment, right. uh, based on when they listen to it. But I, I, I suspect we'll do. I would like to just do a couple more kids books because I actually had a lot of fun with uh, the, yeah. the the. Oh shape no, we of already water. put one on the. We put one on the list already. We do have one. What do we got? It's cowboy and octopus. Oh my god, we're doing cowboy and octopus. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Next week's we gonna rule. Course, yeah. Everyone, come hang out with us next week because we're gonna do yeah. what has to be another. Man, we just keep doing funny books, huh? Turns out the best thing you can do for kids is make them laugh. I know that's true. That's the only thing I ever try to do as a dad. <laughs> and so, if the books are also just trying to do that, we're in good company. I'm very excited for next week's episode. Then, yeah. Well, I guess until next time, here's looking at you, kids. <laughs>